Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. And uh, we're thinking about preaching again, Stan. Although in this case, we're going to think about uh, topical or expository preaching. And um, is there a need for those of us who love expository preaching to deal with issues, concerns in our culture that might not fit to into our in my my preaching plan uh, what do i do when there are demands in our society do i just assume somehow if i continue verse by verse like i am in matthew will i hit upon all the topics that i need to or do i uh, break from that and look at topical preaching and what is topical preaching anyway um, so let's open that up have a conversation about that yeah, I confess I'm the one who said we ought to talk about topical preaching. And so here here you have me. You know, I'm the guy whose appreciation for preaching was revolutionized by Haddon Robinson way back when, starting in 1968. And, and he gave me new hope for preaching. And the focus was very much on expository preaching. Mm-hmm. No question about that. And so... That's my history. That's that's my um, I value it greatly, and and it's had a bit of a resurgence, I think, in in our evangelical circles over over the last few decades, in the space of my my preaching ministry, and I think that's great. Of course, not everybody defines it in exactly the same way. So, I, I mean, I think we need to recognize that a sermon can be an expository if, if the point of the text is the point of the sermon. And the point of the sermon is to explain a given passage of Scripture and apply it properly. It may or may not be one sermon in a series through a particular book. Now, I love preaching in that way. I just finished uh, a little over two months' worth of preaching through First Peter. So I, I love doing that. And yet, at the same time, it's coming Sunday, I'm, I'm doing a one-off sermon, which is, in fact, very expository, but it's not part of, of a series. So I, I think we need to recognize that, that uh, while good, all good preaching has to be grounded in a, a faithful exposition of the biblical text, you, you, there, there are times when we need to talk about a particular question that really can't be dealt with by preaching one particular passage, so we get to topical preaching. So John Stott talks about two worlds, eh? the world of the Bible and the world of your culture, or those two lenses. Right. Various books and teachers will describe it in different ways. So if you are in tune with your culture, listening to the questions that are being raised by your church people, by the culture at large, and you realize that this doesn't fit into my Matthew series, right? And uh, I think in our case here, um, we'll, because it's Christmas or for whatever, we'll suspend the teaching through Matthew, and I'll get you to speak on a particular issue and and I think if we didn't do that there is no way I could address the pastoral needs necessarily of the day within uh, a typical uh, verse by verse expository preaching series through Matthew and I, I just I can't imagine 
not suspending a verse-by-verse study of Scripture to deal with these issues. The questions may arise from, from our cultural setting. And, and by the way, so, I mean, Stott's book, what, Between Two Worlds, I think, yeah. was the American title anyway. Um, wonderful book. And, and, and John Stott was an outstanding biblical expositor. Long, long ministry, not only at All Souls Church in London, but frankly to the whole evangelical mm-hmm. world. Um, and so the questions may arise because of our cultural context, or, or they may just be questions that need to be talked about within the church, doctrinal questions. So if you, need to, if, if you sense a need to explain what the Trinity, the, the doctrine of the Trinity means and what it doesn't mean, you, you probably are not going to do that by expounding one particular passage. You're going to have to deal yeah. with the Bible as a whole. Now, the question becomes, how, I mean, how do you do that well? And I, I, for me, it would mean probably I, I need to focus on not one, but maybe a few of the most significant texts. And in a, in a brief way, I need to explain the basic point of those texts and how they contribute to understanding that doctrine. Now, often, often the question is prompted by, by what the church is experiencing in the wider world. So, it may be a question about how do we think about the LGBTQ agenda. Uh, it, it may be uh, th- other questions about sexual ethics. It may be in our own time and place, how do we rightly think about church and state? Mm-hmm. Well, Romans 13 is not the only passage you have to deal with there. Hebrews 10 is not the only passage you have to deal with there. You have to ask, how do we put the Bible together as a whole? Mm-hmm. You know, I've found, Stan, that if, you, if you're really, if I'm listening, if I'm reading the newspaper and I know what's going on, it's amazing how often I can find a bridge from where I am in Matthew and to say, look, this passage opens up another conversation. And I'll say, uh, in my notes, I'll have an excursus. This is yes. this is kind of incidental, and I'll spend 10 minutes dealing with it. But I'm honest. I'm saying this is not expository preaching, but it's something I want to deal with. And I'm not going to settle it all together, but I'm going to touch upon it. And I think in our context here, if we want to properly teach the doctrine of the Trinity, um, we would probably do that in our learning center where we look more to that kind of teaching. We get guest speakers to come in and deal with it. I'm not saying that couldn't be done in a series on, on a Sunday morning, but that's how I'm comfortable dealing with it here. Yeah, and I think that's that's the way to go. I think that that's quite appropriate. It, it, so what, what I think you're doing in that 10-minute excursus in a sermon is saying this piece of this text points us to a quest, an idea, a question, a doctrine, an issue that, that we need to think about. This is not the, the, the whole truth about it. This is not the final word, but here's, here's a topical excursus. Now, some of the great preachers of history, frankly, have been topical preachers, like Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, as he's often called. I mean, Spurgeon did not do exposition through a book. 
Spurgeon's sermons were what, what have historically often been called textual sermons. Mm-hmm. So he would read a text, and then he would, uh, he would deal with the idea, an idea suggested by that text, and, and incorporate the whole of Scripture in, into dealing with it. And it was wonderful biblical preaching, but it, but it wasn't what we would typically call expository. So I guess while, while I, wa- I certainly want to say all, all good preaching and all good theology have to be solidly rooted in the exegesis and the exposition of the biblical text, there is a place for a topical preaching that says, in light of all that God has revealed in Scripture, how do we rightly think about this question? Yeah, and all topical preaching should be expository. Yes, it should. We, in other words, topical preaching should not fall into a, a kind of mindless proof-texting approach that simply reads this text and then another and then a dozen more and acts as if, okay, just reading the words answers the question. But if, if we accept the, the validity of a, of, of, of a kind of topical preaching, I think it can help us in our exposition to recognize that when I expound a particular passage, I have to keep in view the whole doctrinal structure of Scripture as I preach this, and that can help me avoid treating passages as an isolation out of their wider context. It can help me avoid some naive applications. So if if I'm preaching through a text and it says greet one another with a holy kiss I, I I really want to avoid a naive kind of application that says shaking hands has it all wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when I find that it's um, when I'm preaching through Matthew I'm, I'm in the flow of Matthew I'm in Matthew's head so there's there's a context that I never leave Right. Whereas if you're dealing with a, a passage of Scripture, you've got to set all that up. You've got to say, this is what the author is meaning. This is the flow of, of argument in his book, and we get to this point. And I don't have to do that every week when I'm just preaching through Matthew. And I just I really enjoy that, and it's just an easier way for me to preach. I don't have to have a cold start every time I'm preparing my sermon. Oh, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I if if I were back in full time preaching ministry, I, I I would not be deciding every Monday morning. Okay, what am I going to preach I next week? Couldn't handle that. No, no. I I think there's great benefit in doing exactly what you're doing, and you've already alluded to one of the benefit. One of the benefits of it is, in in the course of preaching through Matthew, you will arrive at texts that talk about various topics that you, you probably would, would not like to just drop out of the blue. For mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. you'll come to Matthew 19 mm-hmm. when the Pharisees confront Jesus about divorce and remarriage. Coming up. And, and so you won't have to say to people, hey, you know, I, d- I just think a whole lot of you need me to talk about divorce today. Yeah, by the way, what are you doing in six weeks? Uh, I think I might be there then. <laughs> <You can. laughs> Those are the kind of subjects. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still committed in Guelph, actually, for yeah. the indefinite future. But it's unavoidable, right? It's unavoidable. 
And, and, it, and it forces you to talk about some things that you would maybe rather not talk about. And, and so it gives you a good reason to do it. And you're helping people understand. You read through the Bible. These are ideas that you're confronted with. These are, these are matters you need to think about. And I'm, I'm here as the preacher to help you think about them. You know, and you know what's helpful here, and I would recommend that churches do this, is that when, when I'm in that passage, I'm able to say that we've thought through this as a church, and we actually have a policy on this subject that you can access. I don't know if we have it on our website, but those documents are available. Yeah, it's there. So, uh, so we're not limited to what we can accomplish in a sermon. I think a church needs to have more depth than that in places where people can access uh, a more reasoned explanation of these policies. Sure. There are, there are multiple, uh, thankfully here we have multiple contexts within the church where, where we can actually teach people. Some of it happens on Sunday morning. Some of it happens during three, six-week periods during the year in our learning center. Some of it happens in first principles courses. It can happen in a variety of contexts. So I can live with myself as a preacher if I don't feel I've adequately dealt with that subject because I'm not supposed to in the pulpit, but there are other places where people can get that. In fact, I, I was going to say that's one of the important things I think we need to keep in mind. If we are going to preach a topical sermon, we need to limit the topic to what can be reasonably done in one sermon. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I might preach one sermon on the question, is baptism in the Spirit a post-conversion second-stage experience that all believers ought to experience, but all believers don't experience. Mm-hmm. That's the classic Pentecostal doctrine of spirit baptism. Mm-hmm. If I, w- I, I could address that question in one sermon, but, but I should not try in one sermon to address the topic, what are the ministries of the Holy Spirit in this age? I mean, that, that's, that's a series. That would go on for a long, long yeah. time. So. We need, need to ask, what can I reasonably communicate in this one sermon and then do it well? Yeah, and that's what we want. So I just want to thank you for listening to us. On um, This comes to the end of our, this is all we can deal with in 15 minutes. I hope we've adequately thought about it. Until then, I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. And thanks for listening. Keep on thinking. <laughs>